Every life, welcome. It's good to have you with us. And just worshiping with us and just being with us this morning, it's good to, good to have you. If you've received a little welcome card when you came in, please fill that in. Share as much detail as you feel comfortable doing. We won't spam you. We won't send you many WhatsApps and SMSs and weird things. We just want to connect with you and just say hi in the week. We are a bunch of followers of Christ. Not only do we speak the words of Jesus, but we want to do the works of Jesus everywhere we go and display his wonder and his mystery and his kingdom everywhere. And that's basically who we are. So welcome to everybody else. Hello, Mora, Awe, Uchana, Dumelang, Sambona, Mora, Moweni, Bondia, Bonjour. We have many different languages in this house. Yeah. Shishi, Nihao. We love, we love celebrating birthdays at the Father's house. So if it's, this, if it's your birthday this week, may the Lord bless you, may He keep you. May this new year just be an awesome, wonderful year. And if you know these folks, get them a cupcake, give them some cake, share happy birthdays with them, bless them, love on them, slobber all over them, I don't know, whatever you do. On the 15th, we have Donald Kluter. On the 17th, Mia September, Adian. I saw Adian here somewhere. Hello, Adian. Adian's turning out to be a great golfer, so if you want to take him on. Mm. Adian, Daniel Abrams, Lachey Barenser, Kate Hartnick. Hey, little Kate. On the 18th, Henrietta Bird. On the 19th, Jacqueline Hendricks. Connie. My goodness. Ah. On the 20th, Myrna. I, even, I think I saw Myrna here as well. Myrna, Myrna, where? Oh, oh there you are, hiding. Hello, Myrna. And Dominique van der Westhuizen. So happy birthday. I'm not going to sing happy birthday. You know. My lungs are gone because I'm trying to do that lion thing that we sang about. You can sing happy birthday to them. Give them a call. Um, from the 22nd of January till the 26th of January, we have our prayer and fasting week. On the Monday evening, we're starting off with the worship and just the praise. You come out to worship with us. Uh, but we'll communicate this times exactly what's going to happen. And on the Wednesday of that same week, we're going to be here for a corporate prayer. But that's our prayer and fasting week. But we'll send out details as, as we draw closer to that. Um, our service is next Sunday. is in the morning at 9 o'clock. Please note that all our sermons are available on YouTube, podcast, everywhere else, social media. Um, as you may have noticed, when you come here a little bit early on Sunday morning, we have corporate prayer from about half past eight till about ten to. We just come together, we just pray together. They always say a family that prays together stays together. And, ah, uh, oh, they know, even to complete my sentences for me. Oh, I like it, it's such a cool family. <laughs> um, there will be a Shine parent meeting um, on Sunday the 21st of January. That's the, just about 20 minutes and that's straight after the service. So if you have kids next door, I think it's just a little info session. Lynette just wants to share a little bit of heart and vision. Um, it'll only be for about 20 minutes, so come out and, and join us for that. On the 28th of January, we have family picnic. Yay! Um, there is apparently a big challenge from the youth for because of a certain volleyball match that was happened last time. They want to re, you know, redo it. We're quite happy. We'll take them out again. You know, you know the youth... <laughs> Yeah. No, they're no challenge to us. But we'll communicate some details. There'll be a water slide. I can see Uncle Ron. No? No? Okay. Our regular meetings, youth, every Friday night at 7, seven o'clock here at church. I know 
They're starting up again this Friday. Ladies meeting every Wednesday, the 20, oh, every Wednesday, but they're starting off on the 24th of January. Healing streams, get some prayer, get some love, you know, just feel the presence of the Lord. Contact the office and uh, hook up with those guys. And then if you need some counseling, marital and other counseling, you just want to chat to somebody about your stuff, speak to Jose and Cheryl, or just contact the church office and they'll set you up. And then um, tithes and offerings. Where have you gone? Peter Haywood. Oh, John Lennon. Look at the specs. No, no. We've got to turn you around. No, no. T- t- turn around for a second. Doesn't he look like John Lennon? Just turn around. Just turn around. Look at that. Look at Okay, John. Oh, sorry, Peter. <laughs> Let's just pray for the tithes and offerings. Father, thank you for your provision. Thank you that you're so, so good, Lord. We bless you. We bless the tithes and offerings, Lord. Maybe be good stewards of that which you've given us in such abundance. We worship you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Peter, John. Keep rocking. <laughs> so we just have a little, small little family moment. Garth and Megan, Bosch, please approach the bench. <laughs> so, Garth and Megan have been part of this congregation for quite a while, but they are off to Dubai, of all places, to spread the gospel in Dubai. <laughs> so, we just want to pray and just want to bless them. Can I just get Jason? Yeah. That wasn't the that no that wasn't in the script. But but we'll get Jason just to pray for them and and just bless them. My fellow board member, you you were there before me. I've now joined you, and now you leave me alone. Um, you never yes one more one more sure. May many more bold people arise on this church. Um, but let's just pray before I pray. Just say, Garth, you and Megan, but you've left an indelible mark on this ministry, on this church. You're not just a bystander, you're not just someone who flows in and out, but you've, you've served in this church, you've given to this church, you've helped us with load shedding, with that beautiful, tra- um, tra- um, what's the thing, the inverter, thank you Lord Jesus. Um, but more than that, you've been an amazing couple and an amazing family in this church, and we absolutely value you, and we appreciate you, and we are excited for your journey in Dubai and further, wherever you may go. Europe and wherever, but we just trust for just open doors, and there will be no lack that will touch your door, there will be resources galore, and you will continue to be the amazing example and the followers of Jesus and the carriers of his presence wherever you go. When people encounter you, they will say, ah, there's something different about them, and when you speak, people will be set free by the presence of God, because it's all over you and in you, in your house, and in your family, and so we just are so excited for you. South Africa's loss is the world's gain, but God's, God's called you. God's called both of you for an amazing task on this earth, and there's yet to more, more to come from you, so I'm going to pray. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the Bosch family. We thank you for this amazing couple, Father, who have sown and served in this nation for so long, and Father, you've called them elsewhere. And Father, I pray for all the transition that needs to happen, Lord Jesus, may it be smooth. May they see your presence and your hand in every single step. And see your favor on their lives, Almighty God, that as they transition into the next phase, into, the, into Dubai, and Father, I pray the transition into the community there will be smooth, Lord Jesus. May they find a home there, Lord Jesus. May it be just like another South Africa. May it be just 
gesellig en lekker keier en everything, maybe Mrs. Balls and all the lovely stuff from South Africa, Lord Jesus. May they feel like home, Almighty God. And most of all, Lord Jesus, may your presence rest in their home. May you, may you find home in their home, Lord Jesus. And so, Father, wherever they go, from Dubai and, and the ends of the earth, Lord Jesus, wherever you have sent them and want to send them to, Lord Jesus, may they be marked by your presence, Lord Jesus. May they walk in your presence, Father. And as your word says, Father, you are lamp to their feet and a light into their path, Lord Jesus. May you be that, Father, for the rest of their days. And so, Father, may we hear amazing testimonies, Father, wherever this family may go. And we thank you for this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thank you, Jason. Thank you. Garth and Megan, I'd just like to bless you with Psalm 23, verse 6. Surely his goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. We, we never really say goodbye. We'll just, we always say, see you later, see you soon. And if you're ever in Dubai, look them up. I like June, you know, I'm planning a holiday. Swing by. Uh, nah? Yeah. All right. Let me introduce our speaker for this morning. Would you just join us in welcoming Derek Gardner? Thank you. Yeah. Morning. Morning, morning. Ah, thank you. Hope everyone had a good weekend. It was a good rugby weekend. Hey? It's a good win for the Stormers. Even the Sharks won. Uh, talk about miracles. Even the Sharks won this time, and if you're the odd Bull supporter, it was also a good weekend. I, uh, yeah, some booze there. I actually went to that Bull Stormers game. Luckily, didn't wear Bull's kit, <clears throat> but I ne- sat next to someone who did. And uh, I won't ever be wearing my Bull's kit at Stormers home ground. <laughs> yeah. So last week, we, we had some testimonies, and I thought it was so encouraging. Did you guys find it encouraging? Okay, good, because we're going to have more today. So if you said no, it would have been really awkward. So, um, <laughs> so I want to ask Adrian just to come up and, and share some testimonies that, um, out of the, just some of the experiences out of the hospital ministry of what the Lord is doing. And then after that, Stephanie will share something quickly. Good morning, good morning. Um, I was thinking when uh, Derek asked me to share a testimony, I was thinking of the scripture in Romans 5, verse 5, which says, now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. And that's Romans 5.5. 5. And I was thinking that last year, uh, the hospital ministry, it's, it's really a love walk, you know. And one of the testimonies stood out, there's two, but one for now was that, um, yeah, um, I feel like crying. But there's a lady, she had kind of a gothic look about the black hair, black pants, and she was sitting in, the, um, in one of the wards there, and she was just sad. And uh, God said to me, or the Holy Spirit said to me, go to her and pray for her. And uh, I went, and she said, no. And I was like, Lord, what's that? <laughs> but then uh, I went home, and the Holy Spirit said to me, God loves her. I want you to pray for her. Because I want her to be in my kingdom. And that struck me so powerfully because sometimes you want people to say yes and you want to go and uh, minister. But it's all about God in the day. 
It's that love that God poured in our hearts through the Holy Spirit that they need. It's the God kind of love. And the world offers love. Oh, I love you. But do, do they really love you? <laughs> you know? They want something in return. There must be a favor. But God's love is unconditional. So that's just one testament. The second testament that stood out was that we were finished with hospital ministry. We were walking out. And in the trauma unit, uh, a couple was crying. A lady was laying on the floor. And, this, and the father was uh, just frantic. Children was crying. And we were walking out. And the Holy Spirit said, stop. And we must pray for her. The mother wanted to commit suicide. And she was on a trip. Uh, her hand was already, um, there was blood all over. And I said to Ola and to the team, come and go and pray. And we just ministered to the family. And we planted a seed, but the Lord said they need love. And we prayed over the husband, we prayed for the lady, we broke off things off her. Um, thank God that nothing, uh, we know nothing happened to her. She's alive. But we share the love of Jesus in that moment. It's almost a Samaritan moment. <laughs> we want to go home. We finished, we tired, an hour of ministering. But we stopped for her because God said, I love her. And uh, I think that's, uh, that's really encouraging for all of us because it's not about hospital ministry only. It's not about, it's, a, it's actually about everyday life. The love of God that's poured in our hearts through the Holy Spirit that touches the life of people, meaning going to a shop, standing in the shopping line, going to work, your wife, <laughs> your marriage, your relationships, everything the love of God is there. It's in us to go out. And I really want to encourage us today that we got it. We got it. <laughs> to go out and minister. We got it to go out and share the good news. But most importantly, we are anointed. We are anointed. We are anointed. The Holy Spirit was sent for a reason. So we can go out and minister even to our children. Powerful. In the house. So uh, uh, there's two testimonies, and I just want to encourage us that we got it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. So um, I also have two testimonies. The, the one was we, we go to the overnight ward first, generally, and the lady was lying there, and she was really, really not in a good space. Um, and Tony looked at her, well, we asked what was wrong, and she was in heart failure, and there wasn't much that the doctors could do for her. And Tony just looked at her, and he said, who do you need to forgive? And she started crying, and she said, my brother. And literally, I just led her, Lord Jesus, I choose to forgive my brother. That's it. Like, you know, you don't have to have the amazing words. You don't have to have all the answers. You have to just trust that the Holy Spirit will give you the words to speak at that time. Um, and she felt much better. Um, you know, we could see the change on her face, and we carried on. We moved on to the next um, person, and then as we were leaving, this lady came running up to us, and she said she was the one that we prayed for, and I didn't recognize her, but anyway, she was saying that there was such a radical transformation that when the nurse came to her bed, she was standing and the nurse said, where's my patient? And she said, no, she's the patient. And the nurse said, don't talk rubbish. Where's the patient that was here? It was such a transformation, really. Um, 
And another example I've got is we were again going from bed to bed and the one, there was a young lady and there was a whole family around her. And so I didn't want to intrude. And so as we were walking past, she said, Gaan jylle nie vir my bid nie? So okay, sure, you know, what's up? And she said how she'd been stabbed. Um, and so I just encouraged her, has she forgiven whoever it was that stabbed her? And she said, yes. And she said that um, she'd come to salvation in the hospital while she's been lying there. And I asked if she had pain, and she had pain. And I asked if I could just lay hands on her, and I just prayed for her. I asked God to give his healing. I you know, told the pain to go. It's done its job. Um, and the look on her face when the pain went. And then she lifted her arms up, and she said, you don't understand. I haven't been able to do that. She said it now, not in English, but... I got the gist. And she looked at her mom, and the look on the mom's face and the look on her face was just... And that is the God that we serve. Amen. So, you know, I think it's just amazing that how much the Lord loves us, each and every one of us. You know, there's some amazing testimonies of people who are, who are not saved. There's some amazing testimonies from people who are Christian uh, already. They know the Lord, but He has an incredible love for us. And um, I want to read some scriptures about that because, you know, the, the Word of the Lord is the foundation. It's the truth. It guides our steps. Um, you know, it, it, it's His actual Word. And... You know, at the start of the year, you get different groups of people, depending on who you talk to. There's people who are, we're ready for the year, 100%. Our fuel tank is full, had a lack of holiday, now we're just ready to clap out goals. There's a few people that I've spoken to where they say, this holiday actually felt like more like halftime. It wasn't really a holiday. So we're going into 2024, it's actually still... It's, we just had a halftime break. Now we get into it. And there's others that have expressed, you know, just the challenges that, that we have. And it's important to know that God loves us throughout those challenges. So I, I want to just read some scriptures. Lamentations 3 verse 22. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Jeremiah 19 verse 11. For I know that the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, the Lord plans for your welfare, not for your evil, to give you a future and a hope. When you call upon me and come and pray to me, I will hear you. And James, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and that the steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect, complete, Lacking nothing. I mean, this is, this is the heart of God, lacking nothing. You know, it, it's, um, it's quite incredible, actually, that, uh, that, that that's as hard for us. And even as we face these kind of difficulties, it's very easy to get a short-term idea of what we're struggling through. But actually, he's, he's preparing us for really great blessings. Blessings he's actually already given us. Promises he's already given us. We need to figure out how to take it. Romans 8 what then uh, shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He did not uh, spare his own son, but gave him up for us. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? And then uh, a few verses later on, for I'm sure that neither 
life nor angels nor ru- ne- so I'm sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor present nor things to come nor powers nor height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So <clears throat> it's all over the Bible. There's promises that God has for us. There's um, declaration of his heart towards us, that he actually uh, loves us quite a lot or with everything. He gave his son for us. But in this life, we face struggles. We face things that sometimes it doesn't quite add up. We're given something, and yet at the same time, it's hard to, hard to receive it. It's kind of like in, in, in terms you go and you, you buy a house, you know, and God's giving you this house, and you've got the keys and everything, but... Uh, you didn't quite get the occupational rent right, so there's still people living in the house. You have the access to the blessings, the promises he's given for you, but you can't quite get in there to, to, live in, to live in it. But God doesn't just leave us there, luckily. He doesn't just say, okay, this is how far I've gone. You've got what you need from here. I'll see you later. He's a very caring God and, uh, and wants us to possess it. Um, and he wants us to remove the obstacles that are in the way for us to receive that blessing. And for many different scenarios, there's different things, but we often know that there are obstacles. And, um, you know, one, one example out of the Bible of this is how Israel went into the promised land. So they had been promised for generations this land. And eventually under Moses, they managed to leave Egypt, the land of captivity, and because of the state of their heart, and even under an incredible leader like Moses, they wandered in the desert for 40 years. And um, I've just come back from Namibia on holiday, and I can tell you, like, wandering in the desert must have been terrible without aircon, right? <laughs> it's no joke. <laughs> There's very little shade. But uh, what happens eventually is Moses is no more, and Joshua takes over. And Joshua then is tasked with entering the promised land. And one of the first uh, places he goes to, he has to break through in, is Jericho. Uh, so, you know, he's entering the promised land, but now he's got this big block in the way, this big issue, the, the, the city of Jericho. And Jericho was a very well-fortified city. Um, it's apparently a lot of trade. In other words, it was a sophisticated, modern, in that time, city. And now he has to help figure out a way to get through this blockage so he can inherit the land. And so they go to Jericho, and when he's at Jericho, he uh, comes across the angel of the Lord. There's an appearance of a man standing with a sword, and, um, uh, you know, and uh, Joshua doesn't know who this person is. He's, he's asked him, are you for me or are you against me? He assumes that this is somebody to fight in the battle or a defector from Jericho. And the angel of the Lord says, no, it's not me, but uh, I'm neither. I'm not, I'm not here to fight neither, but I've come here for you. And Joshua realizes that this is the angel of the Lord and humbles himself uh, before this angel, before the Lord. And he says, what does my Lord say to your servant? So he immediately in that instance gets to this point. He realizes this is the Lord. And the first thing he does is prepares his heart. Um, to receive or to be, to be humble, to submit to, to what the Lord does. And that's the end of chapter 5. Chapter 6 goes straight into the strategy. God immediately downloads the strategy 
for Joshua to take the city. So he says to Joshua, get your army guys together, get the worshipers together, and what you're going to do is walk around the city. You're going to walk once a day for six days, and you're not allowed to say anything. You've got to be dead quiet. Then on the seventh day, you're going to walk seven days, seven times around. And then at the end of the seventh time, you'll shout a declaration of praise, and the Lord will give you uh, the victory. And um, just put yourself in Joshua's shoes, going back to his generals, explaining like, guys, what we're going to do here to take the city is actually not attack them. What we're going to do is walk around quietly for a week, right? And uh, generals are people who like to fight, right? So, I mean, just imagine, just put yourself, imagine Rassi did this at the World Cup, you know, he arrives in the change room, guys, what we're going to do is walk around the All Blacks for six-sevenths of the game, just quietly walk around the All Blacks. And then on the seventh time, we're going to shout at them. And then they'll fall over and we'll win, right? It, is just, it seems just as extreme, in, even in those situations, as, as it does now. But he obeys. The Lord gave him the strategy. And, um, and they do that. They walk around, the, walk around Jericho six days in a row on the seventh. They walk around seven times and shout a praise and declaration, and the walls collapse. And they, the, the, what the Lord said is that the kings and their fighting men will be eradicated in the strategy, and that is what happened. They were able to just go in and plunder the city as the Lord had given to them. So God gave them the promised land. God gave them the breakthrough in that area. They had this blockage, and they were able to break through. And now this seems like quite a, <laughs> you know, it seems like quite a classic Old Testament story, but the funny thing is that the whole Bible is actually, if you go into it, is full of these stories. Even if you go to the story of Gideon, you know, the Lord appears to Gideon and says the first thing you have to do is pull down your the statues, I think it was in his father-in-law's father's yard, you know, his, his, his property, go and pull these things down. He didn't say go and attack straight away. He didn't say go, I'm going to chase him out. He had to remove the things that were in the way of God's, the flow of God's blessing. Um, in, in Mark chapter 2, we have a very similar case. In Mark chapter 2, it talks about uh, Jesus being at Capernaum. The Bible actually says that they were at his house in Capernaum, so uh, he obviously stayed in Capernaum a while, and I think a little uh, somewhere around there, it talks about his family also meeting in Capernaum, so I think his family was in the area. In other words, he, he must have known the area well, because this was his house. And he was ministering to people, and there was such a great gathering of a crowd there that no one could really get into the house or, or out of the house. And there was a man who was uh, paralytic and uh, lame, and his friends, four of his friends, wanted to get him to Jesus because they believed that Jesus would heal him. And they couldn't get him through the crowd. So they made a, a, a plan of, of somehow opening the roof and lowering uh, this man down in, in the presence of Jesus. And now, uh, you know, so, so now this man's coming down. Now Jesus, if, if I read, there's a big chance Jesus knew who this man was. Having lived in the area and this man coming from the area, there's a big chance, well, there's a chance Jesus knew it was. There was no mystery about why this man was there. Even if he didn't know him, he knew he was there for healing. But the first thing Jesus says is, your sins are forgiven. So um, he actually doesn't 
go to the breakthrough, he tackles the thing that's stopping the breakthrough straight away. It says your sins are forgiven. Then, you know, there's kind of a murmuring in the crowd, and he's able to perceive in his heart that um, some of the Pharisees were upset that Jesus could say this. Um, and then he says, you know, uh, so that you know that the Son of Man has the power to forgive sins, and, uh, you know, which is easier to say, forgive sins or get up and walk. He then gives, gives the command, <clears throat> take your stuff and get up, and the man is healed. And he gets up and he walks. So... It, 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 once again, we see this pattern where there, there's this, there, we can't see it, though, in this case. This is quite a spiritual thing that happened. There was, a, there was a blocking, but Jesus, perceiving through the Holy Spirit what the blockage was, what the, what the issue was to the flow of his grace and the flow of his mercy and the flow of the fullness of his blessing, moved in obedience to remove that blessing. And I often, often wonder about what happened at the end of this day when people finally left and Jesus was left in his home and if you imagine with me a little bit what he must have been like lying down, thinking through the day, grateful to the Lord for all the miracles he does, and looking straight at the stars because somebody's removed his roof. And then uh, having to probably, if you still imagine with me, having to figure out what he's going to tell his landlord that, you know, a good reason why the roof has been dismantled. And it's all for God's glory, but, you know, he's probably like, yo, there's a bit of challenges here. Anyway, that's just a bit of an imagination that I have where I put myself in, in those shoes because, uh, because I imagine it as perhaps some of the problems that I have in my life. Although I'm lucky a roof hasn't broken, but a gate has. So I can really, I can really understand, like, oh, man, do I have to face this thing now, you know? So, and Jesus was very human in that human state. He would have really had those experiences, and I, I know I can, I can share those experiences with him as the person. Um. And once again, later in Mark chapter 3, we see this pattern carry on again. Jesus is, uh, is with the, some of the, the legal uh, is it Sadducees, and they're debating with him about, they, they're waiting around to see if they can catch him healing on the Sabbath. Because if he heals on the Sabbath, then they, they got him. You broke the law now. Now we've got something against you. And Jesus perceives this again. And calls a man there who has a, a shriveled hand, and he says again, so that you know, um, the, his Lord of the Sabbath, he speaks to the man, the man ha- stretches out his hand and is healed. So once again, we see this thing that the Sabbath was the thing in the way, that man couldn't receive the healing because this, the concept of the Sabbath was in the way, and he couldn't, he couldn't get away. And you and I face very similar challenges in our lives. There's things that are in the way to us receiving the promises that God has for us. And His promises are true, and it, 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 you know, they, they're true and they will happen if we are obedient and if we pursue and if we, our relationship from our side is mature and following what He says. So they, they're for us, but we, we have to figure out how to remove those, those blockages that are in our way. And... Um, so for us to, to understand that, we have to, we have to look into Scripture and look into the, the lessons here. What, how do we know what are the things that are in the way so that when we speak over it or so that we can speak it over and, and break over it? You heard in the testimonies earlier how one thing is unforgiveness. The healing was waiting, but unforgiveness is the first thing the Holy Spirit says, you know, forgive. And once that's out the way, the blessings flows. So we, we turn to the book of James here, and James is, um, 
is very, uh, um, how can you say, he hits the bullseye with his words in, in the book. He's obviously very uh, black and white type of guy because he says um, in James 4 verse 2 and 3, you desire and you do not have. You murder, you covet, you obtain. So you fight and you quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask, you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend on your own passions. Other, scriptures, other translations say you, you ask with the wrong motives, the wrong intentions, and that is why you don't receive. Notice he's, he doesn't say you're asking for the wrong things. See that? He's not saying... So very often the thing that we want is godly in line with God's will and what he wants to give us. So he's not saying you've asked for the wrong thing. He's saying you have to examine your heart when you ask for these things. Um, and obviously we must ask for those things. And um, the, the key to that, I believe, to really figuring out what, is, what are those things that are in our heart that are possibly in the way, lies in a very simple answer. It lies, in, I believe, in the prayer that Jesus showed us when he taught us how to pray. And now this prayer, a lot of people believe, if you go to different Gospels, you actually find the same prayer, but the slight variances. They believe that this was a prayer that Jesus would teach people when he taught them how to pray wherever he went. So multiple times he would explain with new people, this is the prayer that you would pray. But it, I think it's remarkable, and it, it hits dead center into where, how we find this flow from the Holy Spirit. Because in 6 verse, starting from verse 8, it says, Do not be like them. So he's talking about the, the pagans. He calls them pagans who chant and do all kinds of things to get things. Saying, Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Right. So, so when, you, when we're fighting our battles, when we're fighting for these breakthroughs, uh, that's a fundamental principle. The, the Father knows what we need. He, he is intimately involved with us. As you heard in the first scriptures that I read, He has incredible love for us. His mercies are new every day. He wants us to be perfect and give us all things. He has that heart for us. He knows what we need before we ask Him. And then He says, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive the trespasses of, uh, if you forgive their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. So the key, I think, here is the, the heart with which Jesus sought God's will as he shows us in the prayer. So God's will, I think, you know, there's this idea that that God's will is in conflict with, with our will, where, where, you know, we actually don't want his will because what we want is what I want. You know, what we want is what we want. But I think what we're forgetting there is that what we want can never be as good as what God wants for us. Never. Because we simply can't see enough. We can't know enough. We don't know enough about all the circumstances. And you know, we're living in a corrupt world. It's difficult to know. God knows that. As the Father, He knows these things. So we have to come to this place, like Joshua did, where, he, where we say, I'm humbling myself. I'm surrendering my heart. I'm opening myself up to your strategy, to your plan for what you want in this circumstance. I know that you have breakthrough for me, but I'm going to do it your way. And how Jesus prays in the beginning is, is our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
your kingdom come, you will be done. So hello is glory. So he starts with praise and worship. He starts with just glorifying God. We just glorify you, God. You're good. We, we glorify you. And then he says, um, your kingdom come, your will be done. So he intentionally declares, he intentionally seeks out the will of God in, in, the, in the example, in the prayer that he's given us. And I don't think this is a recipe. I don't think this is something he's saying where he's like, say these eight lines and you're good. You know, I think he's really showing us the basics of the relationship of what God's heart is looking for and teaching us how to get there. So he's saying, seek Seek God's will. Your kingdom come, your will be done. What we want in our activities is God's kingdom to be established. We want to do things in the way that he wants us to do it. And we are willing to execute his strategy as hard as we can, with all the energy we can, with all the hope we can, with everything we can. We're going to do that. But we're going to let him decide what it is, and we're going to be open to that. And there will be times where it seems like there's nothing and there's no absence. And in those situations, I think the Bible gives us a good back drop to understand what to go for. We know quite clearly what mor- is morally right or wrong. We know quite clearly what we should be doing. And we can, do the- we can charge after those things. But he says very clearly, glory to your name, your kingdom come, you will be on earth as it is in heaven. And then finally, which is four lines down, give us this day our daily bread. So then he starts to ask for the thing that he needs for that day and for that moment. And he teaches us how to, how to go into that. So, um, you know, we, we're going to be going into a time of fast and prayer, which we spoke about, it was an announcement a little bit earlier, the 22nd of Jan, I think it starts, right? So we try and do that every year. We fast and pray and we want to hear God's will and we get a strategy for the year and we follow on for what, the year, what, what is in for that year. And I think last year the Lord clearly showed us in terms of worship how we should open ourselves up to what he's doing, and I believe we've responded to that. And we have to now, in this time, respond again. We have to come to this time where we ask the Lord for the strategy. But what I really hope is that we don't interpret this as just a once-off, something we do once a year, where we kind of get together and we remember, oh yeah, Lord, you know, let's follow your will. I really hope that in every situation that we're facing, all the personal battles that we're coming over and coming through, whether it's a, you know, work or, or health or relationships or uh, whatever we could be battling with. I really hope that, that we can take this strategy and this belief upon ourselves that God loves for us and he's got this blessing in store for us. And if we listen to him and we follow his strategy and if we're obedient to him, he will unlock them for us and we will walk in his kingdom, we'll walk in his way and we'll walk in his blessings. And, uh, and that's up for him to define, Right? That's the blessings in the kingdom is up for him to define. We're not saying, God, this is how I interpret your blessing. So give it to me like that. We are submitting ourselves to him. So I just want to leave you quickly with a, a few, three, one or two really short things. And I want to just ask you that, to, when, that you take this up, that you really even go and look at the scripture in Matthew 6 and really ask the Lord to, to speak to you about praying in this time and praying and breakthrough for the things you're struggling with or for your hopes or for whatever he's put on your heart. I want to ask you to pray audibly as well, not just in your mind, not while you're driving, not while you're sitting or watching TV or even by yourself. I want to ask you to use your tongue to pray audibly. If you can find a private place, that's obviously better and you don't have to shout, 
but I want to ask you to express your will through your tongue as you pray, as, or, as we do with worship. You know, we, we worship and we sing. We don't stand quietly and worship. You have to, you have to be louder how you, with worship. You have to express yourself. And I want to encourage you with prayer in, in the situation that you, uh, you're doing that you would do that and seek his promises in that, in how we do that. So um, I would like to pray for us um, before we head off to coffee. And then, uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> so Holy Spirit, we just submit to you and we praise you. We glorify you. Thank you that your will is so good, that your heart is so kind, that you show us Jesus and that you made a way for us to, se- to co- overcome the separation between death and yourself. Thank you that you're a good God and we glorify you and we praise you. And we magnify you. Pray that you would release our tongues to worship you, to bring you glory and honor. I pray for us, Lord, for every situation that we're struggling with, if it's, uh, if it's a business situation, if it's an employment situation, if it's a health situation, if it's relationships that are strained, if it's hopes that look like you're not going to get what you had hoped for for so long, if it's disappointment about prophecies that haven't been fulfilled in the way that you thought it would be, if there's a threat about the future and your safety, the future of your family, with all these things that are upon us, challenging us day and night. Lord, we just seek your will in them. We surrender ourselves to you. We submit to your ways and we follow you. We want your strategy. We want your path. We want to obey. We want your scriptures. We want your word. And we invite you into our lives. Not only for this year, but always. Not only for this week, but always. That your kingdom would be established in our lives and in every environment that we're involved in. Pray that your will would be done and that your will would be obvious to us so that we can follow it. We thank you for the breakthroughs. We thank you for the healings. We thank you for the opportunities. We thank you for the clarity. We thank you for the justice that you will bring. We thank you for the prosperity for the love that you will bring, for the purpose that you will bring for us. We thank you that through you we can overcome in Jesus' name. And we receive your blessing in faith in Jesus' name. We receive your victory in Jesus' name. We receive the breakthrough in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Be with us. Amen.